Hey, it's Eric G. Around the House is sponsored by Baldwin Hardware. For 75 years, Baldwin Hardware has been known for its first-class quality and craftsmanship in door and cabinetry hardware. As an alumnus of the Baldwin Hardware Design Council, I can say I have seen the details and quality from design to the finished product. If you're looking for a new style and old-world craftsmanship, I can tell you there is only one Baldwin Hardware. Check out what would look great in your home at baldwinhardware.com. It's Around the House. When it comes to remodeling and renovating your home, there is a lot to know, but we've got you covered. This is Around the House. Welcome to the Around the House show. This is where we talk everything about your home every single week. Thanks for joining us today. I appreciate you tuning in. Now, this is our midweek special where we dive into the stuff that didn't make it into last weekend's show and, of course, didn't make it into this week's show. And I wanted to talk about a few things now that we're getting into fall. I mean, it's really getting into winter now. I mean, Christmas is next month. Think about that crazy fact. This weekend, we're changing the clock, so it's going to feel darker. It's all starting to come around right now into that winter time of year, no matter where you're at in the United States. Well, a couple things I wanted to talk, talk about here, because as we get cooler, this is when we start to see fires. And I want to talk about fire prevention here a little bit in this one, because one of the biggest ones are space heaters. Now, it could be someone in the office. This could be you showing up at your office, got the little space heater sitting underneath your desk. The newer ones have some decent safety devices on them. So if they get kicked over, they start beeping, maybe turn off. The old ones, ah, they'll just burn the place down. Can't tell you how many times in homes and office complexes, Every single year, we see space heater fires that go on underneath. Now, first off, people will plug them into, you know, multiple outlet surge protectors or whatever. Never plug these things into something that is going to split off that power like a surge protector or uh, one of those multiple outlet type situations where you can split the outlet into two or three. No, do not. Don't plug them into extension cords if they can't go into the wall. Find a closer outlet. Do not put them into a surge protector. They're not rated for it, guys. Just make sure you don't burn that part down as well. Now, the other thing is, too, is I see those in bedrooms. I see them, you know, under your desk is even dangerous because, you know, maybe you got a trash can down there and the paper gets, oh, you missed it with the piece of paper you just threw away or wrapper. Now, all of a sudden, you can have a fire. I don't want to see you burn your employer's place down like it's office space. At the end of the day, because, well, you didn't turn off the heater or didn't use it correctly. So just be careful out there. And uh, I see them in basements and in bedrooms. Ah, man, I'm just not a space heater fan. If you can get it where you don't have to use it at all, you're good to go. I've got one here in my office, but I tell you what, that thing gets turned off, off and on all the time just to take the edge off. And it works well. Am I going to do something different with it? Absolutely, because it's a temporary fix. Well, now that we're coming up here to changing the clocks back, man, I can't believe we're doing it since Halloween's behind us. We're getting ready to go. Something I wanted to talk about was smoke detectors and carbon monoxide detectors. Of course, smoke detectors, when you go up and check those batteries this week, which I think everybody should do, make sure that those things are marked because every 10 years they should be replaced. If it's at eight, I'd do it anyway. 
but no longer than 10 years. If that's 10 years, that should be like a week after the milk's been in the fridge. Don't touch it. Get a new one. It's not worth it. And now if we get into carbon monoxide detectors, this is one of those ones that we just don't talk enough about. Now let's think about this. They recommend that they should be installed in a lot of different places in your house, even if you have all electric appliances. If you have all electric appliances, I still want to see one mounted by the garage door. And if there is a space above that's a living space, I want to see one put up there too. Because all it takes is a car idling in that garage and you can fill the house out with carbon monoxide. So I still recommend using them. Now, installations, you know, those locations vary with the manufacturer. So always follow the instructions of where to put them. Because it's just depending on how they built them and how they're researched. Some of them want them on the ceiling. Some of them are on the wall. But here's the main thing that you should be thinking about. The International Association of Fire Chiefs recommends a carbon monoxide detector on every floor of your home, including the basement. Detectors should be located within 10 feet of each bedroom door. And there should be one near or over any attached garage. Each detector should be replaced every five to six years, which reminds me I have one or two I need to replace because I think they're older than that and it's time to get those things gone. Now, carbon monoxide detectors do not serve as smoke detectors or vice versa. However, there are units out there like one I have in my house that is a dual smoke and CO detector. Now, the one I have is the Google Nest Protect. I absolutely love it. I think it's smart. If you have a high ceiling, it's even better. What I like about this is if you're away from the house and you have it set up on your phone on the app, it will tell you when alarm is going off. It'll tell you that, hey, smoke is detected. Maybe it's not enough to normally set it off, but it senses smoke. It'll tell you. Carbon monoxide, it'll also tell you. Why I like that is if you're at home, not a big deal. It tells you. If you're gone, it tells you. So maybe the kids are home or they're, they're sitting there after school and you're out running errands or at work. It'll tell you if you've got something going on there. And so you're not relying on them to take off the gaming console headset and make sure that they're actually doing something with it. So it's a great way to go. And I can tell you what, it's nice to be gone and know that if something happens in that house, if it detects smoke, it's going to tell me it's not going to be for the neighbor seeing the smoke out the side of your house to call 911. This could prevent a fire. And I like that. So that's good. So, you know, Carbon monoxide is, you know, colorless, tasteless, odorless, unlike that smoke from a fire. So make sure that you get those put in the right spots. So this is something just to be very careful with. Now, here's the other thing that I do like about them is that they do measure, but make sure and get something that measures as low as you can find them. And a lot of these don't even tell you, but underwriters laboratory specifies response times as a minimum it's 70 parts per million. A unit must sound alarm within 60 to 240 minutes. I'm sorry. I want that to be even better than that. That's a minimum. I want it to be a lot less. And if you talk to Caroline, you know, that's been on here and around the house, she says that she wants as low as possible. And if there's two parts per million, she wants to know about it because that can still cause you health issues. This stuff here is, to, is trying to keep you from dying we want to be a little bit better than that, keep you from getting sick. So that's even more important. So you want to be able to jump on that and do something with it. So the other thing you can do is identify those sources of carbon monoxide in your house. 
So you can always check the gas oil furnaces frequently, make sure the flue pipes are working. You know, everything's good. No holes. Those furnace pipes, if you have a gas heater, they will corrode. That is corrosive environment with that. So they will start leaking. They will start doing that kind of thing. You'll start seeing rust and corrosion. Mine were horrible in my house when I changed out my furnace. And I, I changed it in right after buying it. That should have been changed out years beforehand. So make sure yours looks good. Now, I always like to have my furnace checked every year to make sure that the flame, burners, ignition systems, everything's working great. I tell you what, the one year I didn't do that, guess what happened? Yes, night before Thanksgiving. That Wednesday night, what happens? Oh, yeah, furnace quits. I lose the control board over something that I could have prevented by having the service person come out. So schedule your annual service on that heater. And then make sure your oil furnaces are working as well. Get that service. Make sure that everything is cleaned up. Like my brother last week, his quit working, and it was just because the jets and everything got gummed up and they had a problem. So something to think about. Fireplaces, same kind of thing. If you get a gas fireplace, make sure that the uh, chimney flues and stuff are working. You don't have any bird's nests up there. And then uh, make sure, you know, here's one little tip too. When in doubt on a natural gas system, call your gas company. They will love to come out and test to make sure you don't have a problem out there. That's what I love about it. If you say, hey, I want you to come out and see, can you come out and test to make sure I don't have a leak? I want to make sure that I don't have any micro leaks. They have equipment that'll come around there and they'll test to see if anything's leaking. And if so, either they'll fix it or they'll tell you who to call or your appliance or heating manufacturer to come out there and repair that. So make sure that you get that tested. It's smart. It's free. Take some time to do it, and they'll come out and do that. And they they want to make sure you're safe. They want to make sure there's no leaks. They want to make sure that you don't have any health issues from that. And if you're good, you're good, and you don't have to worry about it for a little bit of time. So make sure that everything has been installed correctly. Now, one other thing here, too, I wanted to talk about, just a quick prep for winter here. I noticed that we had some issues here with diesel fuel shortages. And now that makes me nervous out on the Northeast, right? You guys use a lot of heating oil. And by the way, if you have a diesel shortage, you probably also have a fuel oil number two issue as well, because diesel and number two fuel oil is the same product. One is made for on-road use. One is made for off. So generally, those are the same thing. There's a little bit difference, but a lot of it is the dye that they put in to show that you haven't paid tax on it. So that red dye means that it's a farm use, heating use only. You can't be throwing that in your big F-250 out there and running around because guess what? They catch you, you're going to get nailed on that. But here's the thing. Make sure that you've got that stocked up. Don't go loading up like it's toilet paper before the pandemic, but make sure that you keep that thing full. and. When in doubt, make sure that uh, you've got it so you don't call at the last minute because you're running out. Stay on top of that. Give some time for them to get out there. I've heard of some rationing from some smaller areas out there. So fill that oil up and make sure you're good to go. And I'm not trying to get a run on heating oil here, but I don't also want to run out when you need it. So make sure you stay on top of that right now. I know it's expensive. It's crazy expensive. But trying to figure out a secondary source of heat in your home is going to be a bad deal as well. So make sure that you're good right there. And make sure for all those northern people up here, make sure you're ready for winter. Make sure you've got 
that extra food, maybe that pantry a little bit more packed up than normal is and uh, have things ready to go because it could be a crazy one this year. And all of you down in Southern California and Florida and places like that where it's warm, Hawaii, you can laugh at us and say, yep, we're all getting ready for winter and you guys are out there playing golf and it's 70 degrees. But even down in Texas, remember we had a couple years ago, we had that huge problem with the ice storm. So that took out and caused a bunch of problems. So make sure that you've got all those things. And a couple of weeks ago, we did that fall maintenance checklist for all you people that live in the colder climates. Make sure you go through that and you're going to be good to go. All right, everybody, we have a great show coming up this weekend that I'm super excited about. We're going to be talking with Emily Matram, author of Pretty Good House. And she's also a architect as well out of Maine, friend of mine. She comes on, we talk building, we talk about her book. We talk about some smart building practices that I love. And then hour number two, we are diving in to, this is going to be a lot of fun. This is our second part of our hiring a contractor series. And this is going to be for you contractors and for the homeowners out there. I've got Michael Showalter from Construction Dispute Resolution on the show. And he's one of those guys that when you have a construction issue with a contractor before you're going to court, he's the guy you call to help mediate and maybe get that problem fixed out. And as well as you contractors out there, if you've got an issue with a homeowner, he's the guy to come in and help solve that problem as well. So he's been doing that, I think, since 1993. So he's got a lot of wisdom that he's going to spread out to you guys as our second part of the series. You know, last week we had how to hire a contractor. Now we're going to be how to work out problems with a contractor or a few contractors, how to work out problems with the homeowner, because that coin there has two sides. So I tell you what, there's a lot of bad contractors out there. And there's just as many, if not more, bad homeowners out there as well. So it's something that we need to be careful with. And I love both of them. There's a lot of great homeowners and a lot of great contractors out there. But problems are problems. And we're going to see if we can help you solve those with a little bit of wisdom here. All that and more coming up on Saturday on Around the House show that you don't want to miss. All right, everybody. Have a great rest of the week here. I tell you what. Can't believe it's November. Stay safe out there. And it's starting to think. Now that we're done with all those crazy Halloween memes, I'm kind of happy for that. We'll start seeing people do the no shave November or whatever. That to me is a little bit easier. And uh, with this beard, it's always no shave November. All right, everybody have a great rest of the week. And thanks again for listening to Around the House. Anywhere beyond the mean Life is a love song, let's be lovers We're all over the radio Take my hand, I know where to go All over the radio with you Hey, it's Eric G. from Around the House. Are you planning a decking or siding project this year? If you are, you've got to check out my friends at Millboard. Millboard is a completely different kind of composite decking and cladding that enhances outdoor spaces with enduring distinction. Hand molded from the finest oak, 
It realistically mimics the natural grain and color of premium hardwood. If you're looking for something that doesn't look like plastic and instead real wood, check out millboard.com. Make sure and check out that interview we did just a few weeks back. That's millboard.com. 